your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 503 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And as I'm recording this, it is currently 11 p.m. on Wednesday night, and we just did a special post-game crossover edition with Mr. Armando Velez from Locked On Florida Panthers. And obviously, we're going to talk quite a bit about the uh, Panthers holding off the Rangers 4-3. to Tough game for the Rangers. Obviously, you're on the road. You'd love to uh, start up this next portion of the season with a tough road win against a good team. Unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be. The Rangers take a 2-1 to lead into the third period, but the Panthers score three straight to make it 4-2. And then uh, Chris Kreider goal with 44 seconds left proves to be too little too late, and the Rangers lose 4-3. to But Armando and myself talk all about that in our special crossover edition here. Enjoy. All right, so welcome back, Ranger fans and Florida Panther fans. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined by Armando Velez of Locked On Florida Panthers. Armando, uh, first of all, congrats on the victory tonight. How are we doing today? I'm doing pretty good, John. Great to be here uh, with you. And uh, an identical score from the last time these two teams faced off against each other. Um, they faced each other in early November at Madison Square Garden. It was a Spencer night start, and yeah. Uh, completely different outcome, a completely uh, different type of game uh, than the first go-round. But, hey, um, now the Florida Panthers and the New York Rangers have tied their season series with one more to go, I believe. Uh, the next one will be February 1st at Madison Square Garden, the next time these two um, face off against each other. And that will be the, the rubber match of this uh, three-game three uh, season series between these two. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, these have both been, you know, to your point there, uh, somewhat different games, but both wildly entertaining and both coming right down to the wire there. Um, and, you know, we'll get into all the details of all this game in just a second, man. But uh, I got to ask you, I mean, how good does it feel just to have some hockey back? Because it's been a while here. Both of our teams have gone almost two weeks without playing any games here. Yeah, um, the Panthers tonight with their win also just broke a three-game losing streak. Uh, yeah. they, they lost the final game of their road trip against Colorado, which was probably the best, one of the best hockey games I've watched in quite some time. Then they lay an egg against Ottawa 8-2 to two at home, and then the, the last game before they got shut down was when half of their AHL roster was up. Not half, but like a good portion of They had four call-ups, and they could only dress uh, 16 skaters against the LA Kings. And yeah, um, after... 10 days of no hockey and everything that was going on with the NHL. And, of course, though, as we're recording this, this was the day that the World Juniors announced that they will no longer be doing the tournament. So it's been a little bit of a devastating uh, week and a half, two weeks, because um, it's not only sad that we don't have hockey games, but it's also sad that um, the health and safety of these players, um, asymptomatic or not, that they're telling – you, you're, you, even if you don't feel any symptoms, like you, you're being told that you have to go home and isolate and all that. 
and I feel for the players. I feel I feel for them, and uh, it's great that for the Florida Panthers side that they have a full, mostly healthy roster because the players returning like Alexander Barkov, Gus Forsling, Mason Marchment, the non-COVID, uh, the players who weren't on the COVID list, they were hurt. They had actual injuries, and they came back. This was their first game back, too. So it was a an opportunity for those players, and Max and Mammon as well. Those are players that were able to come back um, who were non-COVID um, related, and they got some rest um, in between because they got uh, four games postponed, and those were four games that maybe all of them would have missed. Who knows? Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, I think even tonight, you know, there, there were about five games or so postponed from the schedule. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we're barely like a third of the way into the season here, not to mention, you know, four rounds of the playoffs that we have to get through. And, I mean, it seems like, you know, every single time you go on Twitter or you check social media, you see another player being added to the COVID list or an entire batch of players being added or, you know, half of a roster and then a team has to play shorthanded. And, you know, I suppose having the taxi squads back will help a little bit, but it's not like those guys are impervious from getting, you know, uh, added to the COVID uh, list either. So uh, definitely some uncertain times here. And, I mean, I don't know, man. I I guess you just keep your fingers crossed that they can deal with it as good as possible and that they can, um, you know, get through this season and and potentially even use that three-week schedule there that was going to be reserved for the Olympics in February, maybe use that to make up some of the games. But I don't know, man. It it just seems it's scary right now. It's hard to believe that, you know, this is all going to go away in one fell swoop. You know what I mean? And that's something that I think everybody knew as well before the NHL shutdown. It's just like, how do we, it's just the commissioner's office and everyone else asking themselves, how do we course correct in the middle of this difficult situation that we're in? And they, of course they did that in March, 2020 when they shut down the whole league. The Panthers last game was, I remember it was a game in St. Louis. They were stuck in Dallas for a little bit, and then we have that COVID bubble, the the same bubble that the Rangers were in, and then they won the second phase of the lottery, getting Alexi Lafreniere. And the, it, it's just crazy the course correction that sports in general has had to do throughout all of this, and it's it, it's difficult. And now the the NHL has changed their um, COVID rules to now it's five, I believe it's five days after you uh, yep. test positive and you're asymptomatic. So I, I don't know what to think of that. I, I, I really don't know, but it's like if you're feeling better and you're closer after your positive test, you think you're on the road. One would think you'd be on the road to recovery, um, but I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to be one on on, on a podcast, but it, it's, it's nuts, um, th- this whole situation. And FLA Live Arena only has three events in the month of February um, throughout the Olympic break. But Madison Square Garden, I think about Madison Square Garden, you have the Rangers, the Knicks, you have all types of wrestling matches, tennis matches. You have Billy Joel, who's there once a month uh, as a contract with Madison Square Garden. How Do you know what the venue availability of Madison Square Garden looks like for the Olympic break? I mean, not offhand, but I know that it, obviously things stay pretty busy there, you know. Mm-hmm. For sure. And that's a venue that's at least – 300 out of the 365 days of the year that has something going on for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Um, like, like we said, you know, hopefully these guys can just stay healthy and uh, the league can somehow get this season in. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of challenges that lie ahead here. 
Just want to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New Year Grinders is brought to you by Primal Origin Oils. Got beard? Get Primal. You heard me right. Got beard? Get Primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get Primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. The combo kits make a great holiday gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel and beard to the other products you've used. We promise you will see and feel a difference. Remember the code Locked On gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Use the code Locked On at checkout for 20% off. Just wanted to thank everyone for making Locked On New Year Craners your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, switching our attention to this game here, man, I wanted to ask you about Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, obviously, you know, the Panthers signed him to this big contract, and, you know, up until this season, he'd kind of been a letdown, but um, playing very well. And I, I thought two of the biggest plays in this game, uh, he twice in the third period robbed Ryan Strom. Uh, the first one was just a minute or two into the third. And, of course, the Rangers were leading 2-1 to one at that point. Panarin springs Strom on a breakaway. Bobrovsky makes a save. And then a little bit later, I think it was 2-2 two to two, uh, by, by the time that he makes this save. But Strom gets another chance in deep, another great pass by Panarin. And uh, I think on that one, he might have actually hit the post. But, I mean, what can you say about the job that Bobrovsky has done, not just in this game tonight, but, um, you know, overall this season? And is it getting to the point where you guys are starting to trust him again a little bit? Um, so, so Bobrovsky did have a little bit of a drop-off in the last few weeks, uh, but tonight he looked like he was able to recover um, based on all all the different um, miscommunications as well because it's funny because in the post-game press conference, um, Sergey Bobrovsky did not want to talk about the goal that Arkady Panarin won, scored on him, one former Blue Jacket scoring on another uh, former Blue Jacket. He said he talked about the two points and the two points. So, I, I, I kind of wonder what Bobrovsky's thoughts really were on not only his teammate, um, his former teammate scoring on him, but like also the positioning because Matt, um, Bobrovsky would probably tell you behind closed doors that he thinks he'll probably have that one back. Um, the second goal, that was just a beautiful play by Panarin, just pickpocketing Ratko Goose and then uh, finding Mika Sabanajad. And, of course, Chris Kreider, I think he's only had a 120-goal season in his career. Amazing, amazing for... Um, Chris Kreider, a longtime New York Ranger now, that he's gonna he's gonna probably pass his career high in goals. But Bobrovsky, um, he was just able to bounce back. And I remember he before the Mika Sabanajad goal, there was one where he just made a glove save like it was nothing. He's like the the expression said, "Okay, do better, Mika." And then of course later in the game, uh, Sabanajad gets it on that two on one pick play by uh, Panarin, but. Um, it's it's crazy, John. Um, the third period. Do you know Do you know what the Panthers, um, as far as outscoring the Rangers, looks like in the third period of both of these games? Well, if I could do some quick math here, I know that they uh, were down three to no- or excuse me, down four to nothing in their first matchup. Scored three goals there, 
and then score another three goals tonight. So that's six for the Panthers and one for the Rangers. So it's six to one, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yeah, six one. And both of them have came in with scoring three. And I, I want, I kind of wonder what Andrew Burnett uh, referred to his team uh, from the last time these two teams faced off against each other, because the last go round was where the Florida Panthers, it was a too little too late, even though they outshot the New York Rangers by over 25 shots. I don't have the exact number uh, in front of me, but the the third period in this one, um, the the Rangers were out shooting them um, going into the third, and then the the Florida Panthers just found a way to dominate the the third period in this one. And that's just a bit, been a thing that they they've just been doing all year. They it and especially with a healthy lineup. After that first goal by um, Artebi Panarin, the, the Florida Panthers went back attacking really quick right after. And then the second goal by um, – shortly before the goal by – it was by – before um, before Artebi Panarin's goal, uh, Mason Marchman had a, had a takeaway right after a faceoff and then went um, and then went on Sisterkin. Sisterkin made the saves, and that's another player that the Florida Panthers got back. And they, they're able to just, even though when they don't score, they're able to, like, attack more and more. Um, the, the final shot on goals number for this game shows New out shooting the Panthers by uh, 33 to 32 total. But that third period alone, they outshot them 13 to 10. So not, not a huge discrepancy as far as shot on goals, but they still continue to turn it on when they need it most. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned the third period because, you know, going into the third tonight, I know the Rangers were up 2-1 to one at the time, but I'll be honest with you, Armando, I had a, uh, a sneaking feeling that, like, this is going to be tough. This is going to be really tough to hold off a team this good, this physical. It was a really physical game tonight as well, I thought. Um, you know, a team that I believe the Panthers now have the best home record in the entire NHL, and of course, I started having some flashbacks to, uh, you know, the first matchup between these two teams. Looked like the Rangers were in complete control, up 4 to nothing, and then it ends up being 4-3, to three, and now we've only got a one-goal lead taking into the, into the third period here. So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I, I knew it was going to be a tall order for this Ranger team. Uh, the good news is that this is the first regulation loss that the Rangers have suffered all season when they've taken a lead going into the third period. So, I mean, they have that going for them a, a little bit, I guess. But, uh, yeah, tough tough that they couldn't hang on tonight. But, uh, obviously, a really gritty comeback attempt or us. Uh, you know, conversion by the Panthers there, um, which has kind of been their MO this season, right? I mean, the Ranger announcers were talking about how uh, the Panthers have really kind of shown a knack for coming from behind and winning a lot of games in which they've trailed. I mean, have you seen a lot of that from them this season? Oh, yeah. There's there's two games in a row where they had uh, two three-goal leads, uh, excuse me, deficits, that they came back and won. The first one was against Washington, and then the very next game was against uh, Buffalo Sabres. Uh, just at the end of November, beginning of December, right at the beginning of the month. So, so it, it's crazy how they're able to turn it on. Is it a recipe for success? No, but you don't want to be doing that in the playoffs. You don't want to be doing it against Tampa Bay Lightning, and especially on the road. So that's definitely not a, a situation you want to put yourselves in. But it's exciting, regardless, as weird as it is. It's exciting when they do come back and they do – uh, find a way to just not only take the momentum from the other team, but not give it back at all. 
New yeah, York. no, and, yeah, we, we've we've definitely seen that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. An honorable mention that I do want to give is Mackenzie Weger, who before dude, I had hold on real quick. I, I had his name. I had his name written out. I swear to God, I was just about to ask you about him. But yeah, lay it on me, man. What what do you want to say about Mackenzie Weger there? Because I thought he really jumped off the screen tonight. Mm, he had twelve attempted shots uh, total throughout the game, and the game before the Panthers were shut down, um, he he exceeded his career high in time on ice because the Panthers only dressed five defensemen of the, the um, 16 skaters total, one one forward missing, and one defenseman missing. So Uyghur logged the total time on ice. Uh, there's been many times where Uyghur has had an opportunity to score a goal. Not that Florida Panther fans and Florida Panthers need him to be a dominant goal scorer. That's, uh, he's more of the defenseman that his value is more of the takeaway routes, which the Florida Panthers are leading the NHL in takeaways. And that's Mackenzie Weaver's specialty is the take is getting takeaways. They don't expect him to score, but I remember multiple times he, he had three shot attempts in one sequence against Sturkin, And then they zoomed in on him saying, um, um, saying bad, bad, bad. And, um, I, I tweeted from the Lockdown Florida Panthers um, account saying, Mackenzie Weger is going to score one. I feel it. And then that tweet <laughs> was 55 minutes before he scored. So that was somewhere the period, probably the period before where I tweeted it. And, and, he, and he gets it. And it's amazing uh, how, he, how <laughs> he's able to, when, he's, he, when he has his mindset on something, he, he was feeling it. He wanted to score. And, and he got that. I, I guess you could call it a monkey off his back because nobody was like, nobody, if, if, even if the Florida Panthers won and, and it was 4-3 and Mackenzie Weger wasn't on the board, I don't think people are going to say, oh, man, Mackenzie Weger needs to score more. No, I don't think anybody's really thinking that. At least I'm not. But, hey, getting goals from him definitely helps. Just want to take a minute to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online, where the game starts. Somebody that I wanted to ask you about, I actually meant to ask you about this the last time we did a crossover, Armando, but uh, Dryden Hunt, you know, used to play for the Florida Panthers. He was there for parts of three seasons with the Panthers, and I I believe it was 63 games over the three years that he spent there. Um, So I got to ask, you know, as somebody that uh, obviously follows the Panthers very closely, were you surprised to see Dryden Hunt playing on the same line as Artemi Panarin in this game here tonight? (laughs) <laughs> when when you have a superstar like Artemi Panarin, he just makes so many other people better. So that's yeah. just who he is. And so I'm I'm happy for I'm definitely happy for uh, Dryden Hunt. Um, didn't didn't play too much during his uh, time with um, the Florida Panthers. Um, like you said, 
63 games in those. He only got uh, three goals and 11 assists throughout his time in Florida. So not really, not really a a player that you saw much on the ice throughout those three seasons in Florida. But hey, if he's getting an opportunity to be with a dominant player like Artemi Panarin on on that right wing on the second line, then 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 great for him. Definitely, uh, definitely great for him. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm I always root for my uh, for former Panthers. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I do the same thing with the former Rangers, and it's something that I love so much about you know not just hockey but really sports in general. When you have somebody who uh, you know the expectations aren't necessarily that high, and they end up carving out a much bigger role for themselves than anybody ever could have expected. I mean, I remember when they signed him in free agency. I, I think it was the first day of free agency, and I mean, I had barely heard of the guy, and I was like, okay, fine, you know, a depth piece. Maybe he's in the AHL. Maybe he's a healthy scratch on a lot of nights. And he was a healthy scratch. I think maybe like once or twice early in the season, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. You know, at first he's on the fourth line, which is where you kind of expect him to be. And the next thing you know, he's playing with Panarin and Strom, which, which is obviously very cool. And um, yeah, for one reason or another, Panarin and Strom, they seem to do well when they have a grinder on, on the right wing. And I don't know that Dryden Hunt is going to stay there all season. I could see the Rangers, you know, maybe making a trade at some point, bringing in somebody who's a little bit more of a sniper than Dryden Hunt. But, hey, man, it's been cool while it's lasted. And it, like I said, it is cool to see guys, you know, overachieve a little bit for your team. And, um, you know, while I'm talking about this, man, is, do you feel like the Panthers could end up uh, making some kind of a trade at some point? You know, obviously the trade deadline is a ways away here, but I don't know. I feel like this could be kind of like an all-in kind of season for the Florida Panthers, given the season that they're having so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think the defensive core needs a little bit of, of reshaping, especially in the middle part. Um, that's what I think that they'll go for. I haven't even looked at the names yet, not going to lie. Um, yeah. But definitely, uh, de- definitely something that they need to um, solidify more in the middle. Um, one one name that is a little that that was a little not really surprising because his play fell off a little bit, but Frank Petrano was a healthy scratch tonight um, for the Florida Panthers. I think this is the first time that he's been scratched all season. I, I could be wrong, but um, many Panther fans were talking about how Frank Petrano should be a trade piece heading into this season because he's an expiring contract and um, and um, not likely not going to be re-signed with the money that's going to be committed to other players. And I was saying, no, you need to keep Frank Petrano because this team is in full contention mode. Um, and he's a, he's a player who's going to help you win, but it hasn't, it really hasn't. When, when Mason Marchment came off of LTIR, which is today, his, that, this was his first game since the last time the Panthers and the Rangers faced off against on November 8th in Madison Square Garden. This is his first game back. So somebody had to be taken off. And Frank, um, Mason Marchman, he's that type of dude who just creates one big hit that creates a rush at the other end. And that's what you need in a big body forward. It's like you, you, watch, you watch every single Panthers game with Mason Marchman in, you'll see at least one big hit in the neutral zone that creates something the other way. And Maxine Mammon, even before the shutdown, um, he was kind of hot. So it's like somebody had to – Somebody had to get out. And Owen Tippett, it's weird because he still hasn't cleared COVID protocol, even though he's off the COVID list. So I don't, I don't quite understand that um, a part of the NHL. But, yeah, um, the, it, it, it's, 
I, I just wonder what the Florida Panthers are going to do with Frank Petrano. Is this a one-game type of deal? Is it multiple games? Are they going to flip him in and out with Lombard on the fourth line? I, I don't know. That's one thing for Florida Panther fans to monitor as the weeks go on and days. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's kind of the question that I was actually going to ask you is if you think this could be like a thing that kind of sticks going forward with other D-men playing well, or if this is maybe just an instance where the coach is trying to, to send a message to Vetrano that he needs to step it up a little bit. Um, you know, that kind of happened with the Rangers not too long ago. Philip Hedl, who, you know, th- this is his fifth season with the Rangers, despite the fact that he's only 22 years old. And, you know, the first season, he only played a handful of games. But nevertheless, he's played parts of five seasons with the Rangers. And just wasn't really uh, producing any offense. I mean, it feels like that third line of the Rangers, they can create scoring opportunities, and we even saw that a little bit in tonight's game, but they can't finish them. And what they did with Filipino is they made him a healthy scratch uh, kind of out of nowhere, and at first you're really surprised, but then you think about it, and it's like, yeah, no, he hasn't really done a whole lot lately, and this might be a way to get him going. So uh, that happened not too long ago, and then, of course, we had this almost two-week break here, so I'm kind of keeping an eye on him going forward. But it's, it's an interesting situation. I guess in some ways for the Panthers, they have some D-men that are playing well, a good problem to have. Yeah, and um, and there, and speaking of D, there's there's only one player now on the COVID list for the Florida Panthers um, right now, and that's Ole Olevi. So their COVID luck after coming out of the the break has actually been – like fingers crossed, better they've been in a better situation than other teams because the the shutdown recently that was the that was probably the worst that they've had in COVID throughout the first uh, ever since March of 2020. So that their team has been impacted. This is and and they only got not to downgrade uh, catching a virus, but they only had to postpone four of their games where many teams have had nine up to like the Calgary Flames and the Ottawa Senators. And their their COVID luck hasn't been as bad, and that's kind of a blessing for this team. Olio Levy, um, we also – but before I get to Olio Levy, I hope that all the players on the other team uh, feel better and that they get back on the ice as fast as possible. But – it's been it's been a better situation for for the Panthers as far as that and Olio Levy, a former fifth overall pick from Vancouver, that's a that's a player I want to see get on the ice uh, for for sure because uh, because it didn't work out out in Vancouver and the Florida Panthers are just filled with top five picks all over their squad and here's another one that's in the mix that a lot of Florida Panther fans want want to possibly see um, see what they got and they didn't give up much for him so. That's one piece that they want to see. Yeah, for sure. And it's crazy that you mentioned that the Panthers have, you know, been lucky when it comes to the COVID stuff. I feel like the Rangers have too. And even despite all that, they had a total of four players on the COVID list tonight, which sounds like a lot. In some ways it is a lot, but then you see other teams that are having to play shorthanded and, you know, half their lineup is on the COVID list. But I mean, for tonight, it was just, uh, Tenorti, who doesn't really play that much anyway. He's usually a healthy scratch. Uh, Alex Georgiev, who I'm sure would have been the backup tonight. Obviously, missing Ryan Lindgren is tough. He usually plays alongside Adam Fox. And Kevin Rooney, a good fourth-line player as well. But, uh, yeah, man, that's where we're at these days. Like, if you have four players on the COVID list, it's like, oh, well, we're, we're doing better than most teams, you know? Pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> and I and I kind of I kind of hate that I that I think of it like that too. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. we don't have it. We don't have it worse than these guys, but it's still pretty bad regardless because this is just this is just a situation that's just not going to go away. And like like I said earlier, we're going to have to 
keep course correcting throughout all of this. And I don't like we're we're in when this airs it's gonna be December thirtieth. We're we're in we're at December thirtieth, twenty twenty one. Um and I I don't even know what it's gonna be look like two weeks from now or yep. when the supposed Olympic break is gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, there, there's just no way to know, and that, that's one of the scariest parts about the whole thing. But, uh, you know, I figure we can, uh, we can wrap up in a second here, man. But one more thing that I had to ask you about, obviously the whole Joe Quinville fiasco, and he's out of the picture now. And I think we talked about this the last time we did a crossover. I think Andrew Burnett had just kind of taken over as head coach, uh, you know, shortly before we did our crossover. Um, how do you feel about him? Because, I mean, it looks like they haven't missed a beat since going through this, uh, this transition here, other than the three-game losing I mean, streak. Yeah. Yeah, they they did they did have have a few lulls in the schedule. They um they laid an egg, of course, like I said, against Ottawa. Um, the the game against the game against LA. Uh, I don't I don't put that on Andrew Burnett and and the team because of COVID situation. But the the power play is still a work in progress. And before Alexander Barkov went out. Uh, he was the he was the quarterback of the power play for just a little bit because he he missed a few weeks, then came back against St. Louis. He was the quarterback on the power play, gets an upper body injury, and then this this game against New York was Alexander Barkov's first game back. And I and I wondered is is Barkov going to be the quarterback on the power play? And then they went with mostly Ekblad on it, which tonight in two power, two opportunities that he got one shot on goal, not something you want to see. So it's still a work in progress. They still can score even strength, but man, it's it's starting to become a little bit um, fr- frustrating. Still, a little bit the fact that uh, this team is so great even strength and just not on the power play. And I was saying earlier that once they they're gonna get together get get it together eventually on the power play, they're gonna get it together on the power play. But it just still hasn't. I I don't know how many times I can say that. On, on the podcast, <laughs> yeah, yeah, without, yeah. With, without, without it being true, so it hasn't been true. So now we can officially say it's a little bit of a problem now. It, 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 we're we're a third of the way in the season, and you don't have a a consistent uh, power play. Um, and Andrew Burnett was the guy running the power play before he got promoted to interim head coach. And I I asked some I asked somebody uh, who works closer with the team saying that he still does in fact run the power play. So he's doing multiple things at once too. So maybe that might be a little bit of what it has to do with, but I can't completely put a put it to a science that it's the fact that he's wearing two different hats is the is the factor why. I, I can't I, I can't confirm that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean it's weird because um, you know, sometimes I think, you know, the power play when it's cold, it's cold. You know, every team goes through it. Um, the good news for you, Armando, is you got about 50 games left to figure this out. And I feel like with a team as talented as the Panthers, and you know, you mentioned how they can score goals 5v5, I feel like sooner or later they're going to get it together. And I can kind of speak from experience a little bit because the Rangers, to start the season, I mean, their power play was abysmal at the beginning of the year. Uh, guys just standing around like statues. It's not just that they weren't scoring. It's that they didn't ever really look dangerous. And the only way they could score on the power play is if Kreider got a tip-in goal which he still does quite a bit of. But that was the only way they could possibly score when they had the man advantage. And uh, they've obviously figured that out recently. I believe they're flirting with, like, top 10 best power plays in the league. I would have to look that up to know for sure. But, uh, you know, again, I feel like with a team as talented as the Panthers, it probably is just a matter of time. Every now and then, 
you know, it just goes cold. And, uh, you know, as soon as, uh, as soon as you get one or two, the dam can break, so to speak. Like I said, this team is, this team is healthier, um, now than they were before. And, uh, both the, both the Rangers and the Panthers, uh, next games are both against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm looking at both of the schedules. The, the Florida Panthers are in a home back-to-back. Um, tomorrow they'll be back at uh, FLA Live Arena on the 30th to face. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Braden Point is back for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they, the Lightning will also be playing a back-to-back. Their second one will be against the New York Rangers, and then there's a home-and-home I see for, for New York uh, between uh, both those teams. So uh, don't know who's going to – starting net for the Panthers because they picked up uh, Jonas Johansson on waivers from Colorado. Spencer yep. Knight was sent down to the AHL just two weeks ago, and he let up five goals uh, for the Charlotte Checkers, and now he's back with the Panthers. So that's another storyline for the Florida Panthers to look at of who starts this second night of a back-to-back uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, tonight against, uh, against the Stanley Cup champions, who now they're now one – one and O against. So that's something, something to definitely monitor. Yeah. Well, if you want to go ahead and soften up the lightning a little bit for the Rangers, that would be much appreciated because, uh, you know, there's this trend with the Rangers right now and, you know, the narrative, it's going to get stronger and stronger. Um, if the Rangers continue to get results like they got tonight, because, uh, coming into this game tonight, the Rangers were just three, seven and two against teams that are currently in playoff position. And of course that's now three, eight and two, and even one of those wins, we know it was against the Panthers, and they almost blew a 4 to nothing lead in that game. So, um, you know, there's a couple of different ways you can look at that. Because on one hand, and this is something that I talked about on my podcast before this narrative really picked up a lot of steam, they're beating the teams that they should be. Very rarely this season have the Rangers lost to a team that's like, oh, my God, how could you lose to this team or that team? Uh, I think the only, team, the only time that it happened was against the Canucks uh, when the Canucks were struggling. But beyond that, I mean, the Rangers beat all the teams they're supposed to beat, but they're just not consistently beating the elite teams in the NHL. And I think that's something that they're going to have to figure out sooner or later because, yeah, you might get to the playoffs, but if you get into the postseason and you've won, you know, a quarter of the games that you've played against, you know, the really good teams in the league, that's probably not going to get it done. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping uh, really that the Panthers can soften up the lightning a little bit. Maybe Vasilevsky plays against the Panthers and then the Rangers can uh, mm-hmm. not have to deal with him on, on New Year's Eve. But we'll see how it goes, man. But uh, either way, good luck against the lightning. Uh, def- definitely. Uh, well, we'll we'll see how that turns out. Um, the I, I did watch the Lightning uh, game against the, the Montreal Canadiens just the other night, where they uh, scored with 19 seconds left um, with, without Vasilevsky playing, and then they scored overtime. So that was points that the separation that the Florida Panthers just didn't get. Um, the Lightning went from no points to two. So yeah. Yeah. So two more matchups against them uh, for a chance to uh, win the division. And there's the, the lightning are soaring right now. And hopefully the Florida Panthers can uh, extinguish that fire. Yeah, for sure, man. I don't think we really need to see this Tampa Bay lightning team win three consecutive Stanley cups. I don't really need to see anybody win three consecutive Stanley cups, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. Yeah. But sure. Uh, look, Hey, man, this is, this is a ton of fun as always. I figure uh, if you're up for round three, I'm definitely down to talk the next time the uh, Rangers and Panthers play each other in the rubber match. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. February 1st is uh, 
supposed was the supposed last game before the All Star slash Olympic break. So definitely we'll we'll get back uh, back together again when these two teams face off. So for uh, my listeners, uh, tell them where they can find you and your work online. Oh yeah, so I mean you can find me on Twitter at jchick17, or you can check out the uh, Twitter handle of the podcast itself, which would be at lo underscore ny underscore rangers and uh how about you armando where can uh, the ranger fans find you uh they can follow me on twitter at lo underscore fla panthers follow my the, uh, that's the show account excuse me they can follow me personally at mondo man 12 where they see me talk tweet all about not only the florida panthers but a lot of uh football the miami dolphins where they are now riding high seven straight Two more wins and they're in the playoffs, so you'll you'll see you'll definitely see a lot of those uh, during this time of year, especially. All right, once again, a huge thanks to Mr. Armando Velez of Locked On Florida Panthers for teaming up for this special post game crossover edition here, and a huge thanks to you guys as well for tuning in to the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. Uh, that will do it for today, though, guys. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making the Locked On New York Rangers podcast your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to be teaming up with Mr. Adam Denker from Locked On Tampa Bay Lightning to have another special crossover edition where we preview the Rangers versus Lightning New Year's Eve matchup. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.